Good afternoon. I am Pastor Antonio Eubanks of Heath Ministries, where we believe in using the Word of God to heal, empower, and teach so that you may be properly equipped to help establish the kingdom of God and its principles in your families, communities, and world. If you're in the metro Atlanta area, we invite you to attend our Sunday service for a life-impacting experience. Please visit our website at heatministries.org for more information. We would love to hear from you. But for now, we pray that you enjoy this message. God bless. We're going to talk about the storm today, the perfect storm. Somebody say, how is the storm perfect? The storm is perfect. Trust me, by the time we finish today, you're going you to welcome the storms. You're going to say, you know what, I don't worry about the storm. Because how many know that the storm brings rain? Some of you need the rain. you pushing the storm away, but that's where your rain is. Why do you need the rain? Because you got seed planted in the ground. And seed needs to be watered, amen? And once it's watered, then guess what? The harvest will come. So stop pushing away the storm. What we're going to learn today is how to handle the storm. Amen. 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 Y'all can act like y'all don't want to have it if you want to, but I'm going to preach myself happy anyway. Amen? Amen. Mark chapter 4, verse 35. Because I know who I serve. I know who, who sits on high and looks low. I know who is the way maker. I know who is the provider. I know who is the healer. I know who is the truth maker. I know who God is. And if you know who God is, then you can rejoice in him right now. Ain't nobody got to pump you up. Ain't nobody got to shake pom-poms to make you rejoice on who God is in your life. If you're sitting here right now, then guess what? God has been operating in your life. There's something that you can think about in your mind to praise God for. That I should have been dead. That I should have been put out. That I should have lost my job. That I should be sick. But God. It ain't cause you've been good all your life. It ain't cause you've been paying tithes all your life. It ain't cause you come to church and read your Bible and pray all the time. It's just because that God loves you that much. Even in spite of ourselves. We got to build it up, people. Mark chapter 4. But I'm going to push through anyway. Because the devil is a lie. Amen. Mark chapter 4, verse 35. And I'm reading out of the Amplified. And it says, On that same day, when evening had come, he said to them, Let us go over to the other side. And leaving the throng, they took him with them, just as he was in the boat in which he was sitting. And other boats were with him. Verse 37, And a furious storm of wind, of hurricane proportions. So this wasn't no little bitty little storm that, that people try to make it out to be. No, this was all, this was like a, a hurricane. Hurricane Katrina type proportions arose. And the waves kept beating into the boat so that it was already becoming filled. But he himself was in the stern of the boat asleep on a leather cushion. And they awoke him and said to him, Master, do you not care that we are perishing? And he arose and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Hush now, be still, muzzled. And the wind ceased and sank to rest as if exhausted by its beating. And there was immediately a great calm, a perfect peacefulness. He said to them, Why are you so timid and fearful? How is it that you have no faith, no firm relying trust? Verse 41, And they were filled with great awe. And feared exceedingly and said one to another, Who then is this that even the wind and the sea obey him? Who is this? Who is this? Who is this that y'all are walking with? Who is this that y'all are professing to be walking with? Who is this that y'all are professing to be one with? Who is this that you are professing to be in a relationship? Who is this man? That even the sea, the wind and the sea obey him. And as we see here, it says in the very first verse, it says that we read, it says that that in the it says on that same day when evening had come. On that same day, what was that same day? What was going on prior to that? Christ was preaching 
to a lot of the people. They had gathered around and he was preaching a message. And if you read the scriptures before that, he was talking about, he was talking about the parable of the sword and how you throw seed on the ground, on rocky ground, stony ground, on thorn infested ground, some fertile soil. So basically he was talking about how people receive the word. How people receive the word. And he, he said that you have to be careful in how you receive the word. Don't let the word, when you receive it, go away from you. And so then it says that evening come, and then all of a sudden they find themselves in the middle of a storm. So after all this ministry had went forth, after all this teaching had went forth, now here comes the storm. How many know that the storm sometimes will come in the most inconvenient time? It doesn't come to schedule on your time. It don't come when you say, I need the storm to come now. The storm will just show up in your life all willy-nilly. Some of you have been through storms because it was the 4th of July, because your family showed up. Your family bring the storm. <laughs> if you're sitting by them, look the other way. Amen. But storms come. How many know the storms are a part of life? There's nothing that we can do to get away from the storm. Life is going to come. What does the word of God say? It says that the rain falls on the just and the unjust. That means the good and the bad. That means everybody going to get wet. I don't care how holy you are. I don't care how much you dump in the bucket. I don't care how much you read your Bible. You're going to get wet just like somebody at the club last night. Because storms come. Amen. But it says, even after that time, after that long day of ministry, they, they get into this boat. Jesus said, we, we're going to the other side. I want you to keep that in your head. We're going to the other side. That's what he tells them. But on the way, on the way, a storm comes. How many know that you can be in the will of God and a storm still come in your life? See, it don't mean a lot of people say, well, well, what I do wrong, I, I've been doing everything right, and, and I'm trying to check this off, and I'm dotting my eyes, and I'm crossing my T's, and, and I'm, I'm slashing my X's, I'm, I'm, I'm doing my P's and Q's, I got everything going good, I'm fasting, I'm praying, I ain't cussing nobody out no more like I used to, I should have cussed out, but I said no, I'm trying to live right, but yet, here comes the storm. Here come the storm. Ain't God supposed to be watching over me? I, I'm a Christian. Why, why, why is my life so messed up right now? Why is these things coming at me so hard right now? Why I got to deal with this right now? Why now, God? I thought, sometimes I tell you Sunday morning, sometimes I get up on Sunday morning, and some of the stuff that come at me on Sunday morning, I be like, God, for real, today, today, please, God, take the child and put him somewhere else. Today, for real. I got today. I got to deal with you. know what I'm getting ready to do? The storms don't come when you want them to. Amen? Sometimes they are very inconvenient. Turn to your Bible real quick in 1 Peter chapter 4. Because, see, storms are a part of life. That's what we got to understand. See, so we got to get out. The enemy wants you to think that it's just you. That's what I'm trying to get to you. The enemy wants you to think that it's just your storm. That you're the only one going through it. You're going through it because God trying to pay you back. See, you shouldn't have cussed that person out. See, now you cussed them out. And see, they'll say it's karma. It's, it's coming back on you now. That's the only reason the storm comes. God, God separated itself from you. And then people get, you know, they get shocked by the storms. Because we like God with us, so why why are we going through this? I thought if I got saved, everything was going to be all right. I thought if I got saved, then my life was going to be perfect. God was going to run through the field of daffodils, and me and Jesus just going to dance around with maypole together, and, you know, and everything going to be fine. So why am I being attacked? Well, guess what? Sometimes you're being attacked just for the mere reason that you're walking with Christ. The fact that you're walking with God will bring on the attack because the enemy, again, is trying to uproot that word. The enemy is trying to take away your belief in what God has already spoken. The enemy is trying to convert the truth into a lie because he you knows if he tells a lie enough, then you'll start believing it. But God says, no, we're going to use these storms. First Peter chapter 4, verse 12. And give me a second to get there. First Peter chapter 4, verse 12. And it says, beloved, right there, he's talking to you. He's saying, he said, I love you. Don't think that you're not loved when you're going through some stuff. First Peter chapter 4, verse 12. He says, don't think that you're not loved. So he starts it off, beloved. Do not be amazed 
and bewildered at the fiery ordeal which is taking place. But here's why it's taking place. To test your quality. See, the storm sometimes only come to test your quality, to see what you made out of. How many know that, that if you really want to know what something made out of, adversity is the maker of character. Adversity will tell you, if you really want to know who you're hanging out with, wait till the storm comes. They're either going to run or they're going to help you take cover. But you're going to know who you're with when adversity comes. Coffee don't even know coffee is coffee until they get in the hot water. Then all of a sudden they say, you know what? I'm in this hot water. I might need to turn into something. I'm not going to let the water to change me, I'm going to change the water. Amen. And he says, do not be amazed and bewildered. Test your quality. He says, as though something strange. He says, don't look at this stuff as something strange and unusual and alien to you and your position. And then I like in the New American Standard, I was reading that out of Amplified, the, the New American Standard says, do not be surprised at the fiery ordeal which is, which is among you, which comes upon you for your testing, as though some strange thing were happening to you. But to the degree, verse 13, but to the degree that you share the sufferings of Christ, keep on rejoicing, so that also at the revelation of his glory, you may rejoice with exaltation. What is all that saying? That's saying even in the midst of the storm, you got to rejoice because you got to know who you are. You belong to somebody. You belong to somebody greater than the storm. You belong to somebody who created the storm. So you all you got to do is rejoice and know that if he if, if he brought you to the storm, then he going to bring you through the storm. Because let's remember now, Jesus brought them for the, for the most part technically to this storm. Because he said we're going to the other side. How many know that Jesus knew a storm was coming? Jesus ain't on Fox 5 or WSB. He's not predicting the weather. He is the weather. He don't have to say an 80% chance of, of rain. He knew it was 100% chance when he said we're going across. But it was to test the quality. And we'll, and we'll see that. We'll see that in a second. But see, we got to understand that, that no matter what the storms are, no matter, no matter what Storms you're going through. We got financial storms. We got health storms. We got relationship storms, mental and emotional and spiritual storms. All these storms that are coming into our life. And we'll feel just like the disciples in verse 38, we'll feel like that the, the boat is sinking. That the boat is sinking and, and, and all the water is filling up. It's like, man, I'm about to drown in all this stuff that's going on. All this pressure is coming against me. I'm, I'm, I'm getting it from the right. I'm getting it from the left. I'm getting it from the back. Everywhere I turn, I'm, I'm between a rock and a hard place. But see, people don't even hear that when they're saying that to themselves. That you're between a rock and a hard place. Yes. See, if you're going to be somewhere, that's the best place to be. Between a rock and a hard place because the word of God tells me that the rock is the word of Christ. The, the rock is the God. The rock is where we want to be. The hard place, yeah, okay, I can, the hard place might be hard for me, but the rock is there to protect me. The rock ain't there to push me and squeeze me. The rock is there to protect me. If anything, the rock will bust through the hard place. But we got to know who we with. Amen? But we feel like the disciples, we feel like our boat is sinking. Life is sinking us in. And, and, and I like how they did in verse 38. They, they come up to him and, and, and they say, don't, don't, don't you care? I mean, don't you care that, that we're perishing? And perishing is a, is a is they got it in the ING because they could have said, well, don't you care that we're going to perish? And just end it. But they said, don't you care that we're perishing? That's a present participle, meaning that it's constant. I feel like I'm dying all the time. I feel like this stuff is just coming at me all the time. It's, it's forever constant. Everything I'm going through is just like, man, don't you care, God? Why what, Why don't you care? You back here asleep. You back here chilling in the water, filling up with the boat, filling up with water. But yet you back here sleep. Do you not care, God? How many of us feel like that sometimes? Yeah. Oh, just me. And in, and, in, and in the Greek, it even talks about how that in some of the Bible scholars say that the, the disciples, when they came to him, it was almost like they, they were using cuss words at that time. They, so they was really upset. God, you, you, 
Really, you sleep back here? I mean, do you not see what's going on? This boat is up and down, tossing to and fro. We spinning around. I know we went, we went, we was on vacation this week, and we went on this boat. And the captain had said that the, the water was going to be a little rough. And I was like, oh, you just, you know, I should have trusted the captain. I mean, he's been on the boat more than me, right? <laughs> that water got it going up and down. Then you trying to spin around in circles to see the dolphin. Long story short, I got seasick. See, we're supposed to trust because I went down to the front of the boat so I can get the rocking going. See, kind of trust the captain. Somebody catch that. So you got to trust the captain. See, they ran to the captain because Jesus was the captain of the boat. They ran to him. Don't you care that we dying right now? Don't you care what I'm going through, God? God, my, my mama acting a fool. My, my, my wife acting a fool. My, my, my daddy acting a fool. My, my job acting a fool. My body acting a fool. My mind acting a fool. God, don't you care what I'm going through? All this stuff going on in my life, and you act like you don't even care. I pray, and I don't hear nothing. I fast, don't nothing happen. I go to church. The message ain't for me. I, I, don't, I don't understand, God. Where are you? Are you asleep? Why are you asleep, God? Why are you, why are you not there? Why is this storm in my life? See, then, then that's what the enemy wants you to do. He wants you to start analyzing. And see, for an analytical person like me, then we, we you, you're trying to break down everything. Well, what did I do? What, why is this storm here? What happened? Okay, yesterday I, I probably should have uh, not walked out the store with that extra money that that cashier gave me. You know, I said it was a blessing from God, but I probably should have took it back. I don't know. Is that why the storm coming? I don't know. Because, you know, or, or they gave me some free food at the, you know, was, was that a blessing from God or was I really stealing? I don't know. So, God, is that why the storm here? See, the enemy wants you to get caught up in that spinning cycle of, of analyzing because he knows that if he can get you there, then eventually you're going to come to condemnation. You're going to come to guilt. You're going to start feeling like that you are the one that's causing the storm in your life. And sometimes that is true because some people will make it rain then get mad at the storm. But but a lot of times the storm is just because the storm is. Yes. See, these disciples, when they were in, in this boat, they were in the part in Galilee and there's a mountain there called Mount Mount Hermon, and it's a cold mountain. It's a it's a high elevation, so the cold air comes down from that mountain and it mixes with the hot climate of Galilee, and it's explosive conditions. Hot and cold make storms. So they were just there in the right place at the right time. The perfect storm. See, sometimes the battle ain't all. Sometimes we just caught up in the storm because there's a battle going on between what's floating down from up high and what's trying to come up from down low. And we just caught up in the middle. The battle ain't yours. You just on the battlefield. So you got to be ready to fight. The storm ain't yours per se. You just caught up in it. You just caught up out in the middle at the what you think is the wrong place at the wrong time. But you got to remember who you with. Who was they with? I used to be a song. Who you with? Who you with? <laughs> who you with? They was with Jesus. See, he didn't stay on the shore. See, catch that. Because another story, he stayed on the shore. He said, y'all go on the cross. And that's when he came walking out on the water and they thought it was a ghost. And Peter was like, you know, tell me to come out there, man. I come. This time he said, no, I'm going to go with y'all. Let's go. See, Jesus is with you everywhere you go. The word of God. We, we know here that Jesus is what? The word of God. Because in John 1, it says that in the beginning was the word. The word was God. The word was with God. And in verse 14, it comes down and says what? That the word became flesh. That's Jesus. Emmanuel walking amongst us. So he was with them. They knew, just like we did, that he's with us, but yet and still they got mad when, when he was asleep. And we, and we got to understand, why, why was Jesus asleep? Has anybody ever thought that? Because if you read through scripture, all the gospels, we know he's asleep, but more often than not, we, we read about where he stayed up a lot, where he stayed up all night and praying and doing stuff. This is the only record recorded in the Gospels of him actually sleep. And is it not ironic that the only time that they actually recorded in the Gospels of Jesus being asleep, again, not saying that he never slept because he was a human, so he did sleep, but I'm saying this is the only time that they actually took time to actually write it down. And isn't it funny that the only time that it's recorded is during a storm. And we find Jesus sleep. Sleep. Why was he sleep though? 
What did I just say? Jesus is the word of God. He is the word. So he was sleeping the peace of the word. He knew who he was. He knew that he could pass the test. He's like, that's just a storm. That ain't nothing. I I, I created the storm. Because in John, again, it said nothing that exists came before him. So he was there before the storm even came about. So he's like, I'm at peace in what I'm doing. He says, but I'm trying to get y'all to be just like me. I'm trying to I'm trying to demonstrate something for you. So he was demonstrating peace for them, but they saw fear. And that's what God will do sometimes in the middle of the storm. It may seem like he's sleeping, not talking to you, but it's just a test. It's just a test. Because what happens in the real world? When you get ready to take a test, is the teacher up there talking the whole time? Is the teacher just, why are you trying to take the test? No, what? It's completely what? Silent. Why? Because the teacher done already taught you everything that you need to know to take this test. You wouldn't be taking a test if you were not equipped to pass it. Now, if you didn't study, that's your fault. But they, not all teachers, I had to, I had to preface that because some teachers don't prepare you. But let's pretend we got good teachers. <laughs> Amen. And they have prepared you. And we do have the best teacher. We have the Holy Spirit who is a teacher. So he's saying, if you're going through this storm, if you're going through this test, don't think that you can't pass it. I wouldn't even allow it to come into your life unless you can pass it. Just like Job. When Job was going through his test and trial, God had to allow that. The enemy came to God and said, can I test him? He said, test him. That's my boy. He's going to pass all day long. You can do whatever you want to and he'll pass. All you can't do is take his life. So think about that. The storm can do whatever it wants to. It can toss you to. It can toss you from. But God said that storm will not take your life. It's only there to test you. He's telling the enemy, do whatever you want to to them. But guess what? You can't have a life because their life is mine. And so the devil leaves the presence of God and goes and tries to create all these storms in your life. But I hope somebody catch that. Don't allow the enemy to keep going to the presence of God more than you do more than you do. Because see, they were with him on this boat. And they was going up and down and getting seasick and and, to, and, and all the water coming in the boat thinking they're going to sink. And they wondering what's going on. People, people, Somebody probably trying to bail the water out the boat. You probably got other people drilling holes in the boat because everybody in your boat ain't rowing. Amen? Some of them folks in your boat with you, they drilling holes trying to sink you. So you might need to separate yourself from them. Amen? I don't know who that's for, but that's for somebody. You need to do some boat tossing. At your life, amen? But we got Jesus here asleep, and these people are upset. They cussing at Jesus almost. Why the hell you got us in this boat, and you knew what was going to happen, and, and you got us out here in the middle of nowhere. I could almost hear it's almost like Moses. You brought us out here to die. We perishing. God, you supposed to care about us. Do you not care what's going on? How can you be asleep? How can you be asleep right now? Yeah, I know you minister to a lot of people. I know you're tired and everything. I know you wore out. See, they were looking at the physical. They probably were looking at it because he was tired from ministering. But he was trying to get them to see something spiritual. He was trying to get them to see that you can be in the middle of a storm but still have peace. It don't matter what you're going through. It don't matter about your circumstances because the peace of God transcends all understanding. Some people can look at you and say, man, all this stuff going on around you and you you ain't lost your mind yet. Why? Because of the peace of God that goes above all understanding. I don't understand why I ain't look crazy right now. I don't understand why I ain't slapped somebody upside their head right now. But I got a peace of God over me that transcends what I understand. So I'm not trying to calculate the understanding. I'm not trying to manipulate the understanding. I'm just going to accept what I got. Amen. Amen. It says receive it. Because turn real quickly to Hebrews chapter 6. Hebrews chapter 6. Because we got to be equipped to deal with this storm. Hebrews chapter 6. And I'm looking at uh, verse 17. Hebrews chapter 6. Verse 17. Because we got to know who's, who's with us. And see, a lot of us acting like we don't know... You know, and, and, and y'all sitting there like y'all don't know who with y'all. Who 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 who's riding in this boat with you? Who's in this boat with you? That's why it's called a relationship. 
ship. That's why it's called a fellow ship. That's why it's called a friend ship. Because you're going somewhere. You got a place to be. But on your way there, guess what? There might be a storm that comes about in that relationship, in that fellowship, in that friendship, in that companionship, in that worship. Catch that. Even in your worship, sometimes that will be a storm because the enemy don't want you to worship. Why? Because in the worship, that brings in the presence of God. So, of course, if you start worshiping, the enemy got to flee because the presence of God is showing up. So he don't want you to worship. He'll bring storms in your life. He'll bring storms in your mind. He'll have you think, did I cut the iron off? Did I turn the pot off? Is the water still running? He'll bring all that mess into your mind so that you won't worship properly because worship is trying to move you somewhere. It's trying to take you to another place, but you want to stay stuck right here. And God is saying, no, I need you to get into the worship and move where I am. Hebrews chapter 6 verse 17. It says, in the same way, God desired even more to show you to the heirs of the promise. See, y'all are heirs of the promise. We're not, we're no longer children or like slaves. We're sons of God, heirs of the promise, the unchangeableness of his purpose, interposed with an oath. So that by two unchangeable things in which it is impossible for God to lie, we who have taken refuge would have strong encouragement to take hold of the hope set before us. What is all that saying? It's saying that God promised with an oath on himself. God can't lie. He's not a man that he should lie. He said, if I promised you, guess what? It's going to happen. I ain't your dad who promised I was going to pick you up and every weekend you sitting on the front porch waiting for him to show up and he never came. He says, quit using your relationship with your daddy like a relationship with me. We're two different things. We're two different entities. We're two different beings. He said, just because they broke their promises, he says that I'm unchangeable. If I said it, it's going to be. And this is what he says in verse 19. This hope we have as in what? Anchor. Huh, ain't that funny? You in the midst of this boat going up and down, and now God says, you are anchor. I got an anchor. I'm the anchor. The hope, the expectation we have as an anchor of the soul. The soul we know is your mind, your will, and your emotions. So your mind, your will, and emotions are have you tossing up and down with the waves of the circumstances of life. But God says that the hope, the expectation you have in my promise is an anchor. So yeah, you might be bobbing and weaving up and down, but you're going to be in the same place. You're going to be stable. I'm not going to let you float out and drift away. Amen? And he says a hope both sure and steadfast and one which enters within the veil. God is our anchor. God is our anchor. Know who you in the boat with. Know who you in the boat with. Because what happens if, if you have him in the boat with, with you and you acknowledge him in that boat? He calms the storm. He calms the storm. Amen? Isn't that what he does in, in Mark? You can go back to, to, to the Mark chapter 4. Isn't that what he does in that, in, in that story? He calms the storm. See, I, I like what they say right here. Where is that? It says that they went to him, they crying, and, and, and they doing everything, and they all upset, and they cussing him out, kind of like, you know, God, why, why you ain't doing this, and, and, and I don't know why you, why you won't be with me, and why you won't help me, and why you won't do, and why you let this folks do me like this, and why you let them talk about me, and why you let them do me like this, and why you let them use me, and why you let them abuse me, why, 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 we get in the whining, the whining party. And it says that they went to him, man. And it says in verse 39, it says, And he arose and rebuked the wind and said to the sea. So we got to read that, not as one whole thing. There was three separate things that happened there. It says that he arose. He was asleep, but then he got up. He arose. That was a demonstration of what he was going to do in the future. Because, see, he was sleeping in the grave. 
but then he arose. So when he was asleep on his boat, he arose and he was showing them, he was demonstrating. He says, out of my sleep, I will arise and I'm going to rise with the resurrection power, the power of God, the dunamis power, the power that moves everything. He said, but first you got to come to a risen position. First you got to know who you are. You got to stand in righteousness. You got to stand up in God. You got to stand on the rock. So it says he arose and then it says then he rebuked the wind. He rebuked the wind. See, because how many know that the wind was the cause of everything going on? The waves were just the circumstances. He said that he rebuked the wind. Rebuking means that you're coming against something. You're speaking against that thing harshly. So it says that he arose with the power, and then he began to speak against the cause of what was going on. And then he said to the sea, hush now. Some translation says, peace be still. He says, hush now, be muzzled. And then it says that the wind ceased and a great calm came about. See, that's what you got to understand. God is trying to, he was trying to demonstrate something. He was saying that you got to, you got to rise up out of that circumstance. You got to rise up out of that storm. You got to see above the storm. You got to be like eagles. When eagles sense a storm, they, they fly into the storm, but they only use that so that the winds of the storm can lift them above it so they can get a better view of the sun. The S-U-N. But God is saying you need to rise up out your circumstances, allow the storm to get up under your wings so you can rise above that storm so you can see the sun. The S-O-N. Be like the eagle. And he says rebuke that thing. Rebuke rebuke the, the, the cause of the situation in your life. And then he says he spoke to the waves. See, God is trying to demonstrate to them right there. Once you rise up out and you stand in righteousness and you know who you are, like that song said, I know who I am. My name is Victory. I know my identity. So once you know who you are, then you become that speaking spirit that God created you to be in the beginning. Because God created us what? In his image and in his likeness. God was a speaking spirit. When he came onto the earth and the devil had destroyed everything between Genesis verse 1 and verse Two, the earth had become void because the enemy had been thrown down and decimated everything. God said, it's a mess here right now. But what did he do? He didn't cry. He didn't come and say, oh, I think everything is perishing. I think everything is void. I think nothing is going to ever happen again. Oh, woe is me. Why did it happen? Did I do something wrong? Should I have not allowed the enemy to be tossed down? Should I did? No, he didn't do all, none of that. What did he do? Let there be. Let there be light. Let there be this. Let there be that. All that's inside of me, let it happen again. Because if I did it once, I can do it again. And that's what we got to understand. We got to rise up in our storms and say, if God did it one time, because this ain't your first storm. If you anywhere over 12 years old, this ain't your first storm. This ain't your last. Quit acting like this the first time you done been through something. This ain't the first time. How you think you made it out the last time? How you think you made it out that time before that? And that time before that? So God's trying to tell you, if you did, if I did it for you before, what make you think I'm not going to do it for you now? I didn't bring you this far to drop you off right here. Do you think I'm going to let the winds of life come, come into your boat and sink your boat? You on a mission. You on a plan. I have a purpose for your life. Why would you get dropped off right here when I don't bought you right here? God says, I'm going to deal with the cause and I'm going to deal with the effects. I'm going to deal with the wind and I'm going to deal with the sea. But that's how we got to also stand in there and know that we can deal with we can deal with the cause of the thing. We can speak to that enemy and say, you know what, enemy, I come against you right now in the name of Jesus because you have no power over my finances. You have no power over 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 my children. You have no power over my relationship. See, we got to be we got to quit being afraid to talk to the enemy. See, a lot of us don't want to talk to them because we, we, we see all these little TV movies come on, commercials and stuff, all these little scary folks and, and, the, and the priest walk in and he get tossed against the wall just like everybody else in the movie. So, you know, it's like there ain't no power. Once that enemy comes, once that evil comes, ain't that, that movie with the day of evil or deliver us from evil, that new one is out now, keep seeing the commercials and, you know, everybody getting tossed all over and all these little scary things. And, and that stuff is put out for a reason. It's to make us think that the enemy and the evil has more power than yes, we do. Yes. So we walk around in fear, just like the disciples was doing, timid and in fear. 
And see, that's what I like about Jesus, because once he got up and he took care of all the stuff that was going around, all the circumstances, all the issues, and he was like, look, don't let your circumstances determine your destiny. Then he turns around and he starts rebuking the disciples. Why y'all acting like this? Why are you scared? Why are you still not having enough faith? Why are you with me? You know what I can do. You've seen it before. This ain't the first time I done done something. Why are you still timid? Why are you still fearful? Why are you still got that stinking thinking? Why are you talking against yourself? Your body ain't acting right. Why are you confirming what the doctor say? Yeah, the doctor diagnosed you with one thing, but why don't you start speaking what God says? Yeah, the doctor, he's true. He's got his report. Those are facts, but the word of God is truth. There's a difference between facts and truth. Facts can change based on opinions. Truth is the truth regardless of what you think. The truth is going to be the truth whether you believe it or not. And that's what God's doing. He's rebuking right now. He's saying, I got to come against that mess that y'all got going on. Y'all back here waking me up. I'm trying to get some sleep. You know I'm tired. You know I done been doing a lot. Did y'all not understand what I was telling you in the parables with the people? Okay, y'all didn't understand the parables, but I told y'all everything. If you're reading those verses prior to this, he said, I'm going to break it all the way down to you. That's why he was mad at him. He says, I done fed y'all. I done taught y'all, but y'all still acting like them. And that's what he's saying to us as the church. He's saying, I done taught you. It's no longer, it's, it, in this day and time, there's so much information out there that you can get and you can study and you can read, but yet and still, we still acting like we out there. We still acting like we don't know who God is in our life. We still react to the things the same way that everybody else do. You're not supposed to react the same way that everybody else is. I'm not saying that you don't get a little upset sometimes. I'm not saying that you don't get a little fearful sometimes, a little discouraged sometimes, a little depressed sometimes, but you got to be able to rise up out of that thing. You got to be able to say, you know what? Yeah, today uh, you know, weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. So God says, yeah, you can weep for tonight, but get over that stuff. It's time to move on. Reclaim who who your identity is. Know who you are. Quit running to me all the time with scared. Because, see, that's, that's the thing right here. I like because they, they say they ran to him and then he woke up. But, see, they, they woke up the word of God, but how did they wake it up? In fear. And that's what a lot of us do. We try to wake God up, quote, unquote, with fear. With prayer. We call it prayer, though. Lord, please let me get the job. I hope I do it. And God, I hope everything work out. And God, if it be your will, God. That is the most devil-oriented prayer in the world. If you don't learn nothing else today, get that out your prayers. If it be your will. If it, you want to know God's will, read the Bible. Then you won't have to say, if it be your will. God, this is your will. You said that I'm the first and not the last. Then God, you said in your word that I am the head and not the tail. God, you said in your word that you shall supply all your needs or all my needs according to your riches and glory. So that's your word, God. You said, God, that if I if I do everything according to your word, then I shall prosper. So God, that's your word. It ain't if it be your will. That's your will. I got my receipt and I want my product. But see, some of y'all scared to talk to God like that. Because you thinking he going to strike you down. That's a devil doctrine. God wants you to speak his word. God wants you to come boldly before the throne. Because that lets him know what? That you know his word. That you know his will. That you know his purpose. So you can come to him and you speak his word back to him. And you ain't got to end it if it be your will. Don't let the enemy let that come out your mouth. That's what the disciples probably were saying. God, is you, are you going to save us if it be your will? I don't know if it be your will. But see, they, 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 missed, they missed the whole point at the beginning. Read verse 35 to yourself again real quick. And, and I want to see if somebody catches it. What he saying in verse 35? On the same day, evening had come, and he said to them, let us go over to the other side. Is somebody getting that? Y'all ain't getting that? That's his will. That's his will right there. If God said, let us go to the other side, then how's the storm that they going through going to kill them? See, he was trying to demonstrate something because he had just taught about 
when the word comes to you, don't allow it to be uprooted. That's what he just talked about in the previous verses prior to that. When the word is planted, when the word is taught, be able to hear that word and let it sink in because there will be an enemy that will come to try to uproot that word with his lies to make you believe that versus the word. Well, guess what? God has spoken, verse 35, saying, let us go to the other side. He didn't say, let us go to the middle. He didn't say, let us get caught up in the storm. Let us go halfway. Let us try to make it. Let us hope to make it. Let us wish to make it. No, he said, let us go to the other side. He determined the end at the beginning. God says, I am the author and the finisher. I am the alpha and the omega. I determined the end at the beginning. He said, let us go to the other side. So that means I don't care what's going on in the middle. God ain't caring about the middle. He's saying, I already done determined the end. I already done determined the destiny. Just like he's saying in Jeremiah 29. He says, I, I, I have a plan for you. There's, that's a hope and, and, and that's good. He says, I already done determined the end. He says, you all caught up in word about the middle and what's going through. That's why it says in the prayer, Yea, do I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. I shall fear no evil. Why? Because I'm just walking through. God says, I'm going through. He said, he didn't say nothing about staying. He didn't say nothing about sitting. He didn't say nothing about parlaying. He says, I'm going through. And that's what we got to understand. Don't allow the enemy to uproot what God has already promised. Don't let the enemy cause storms in your life to uproot what is already promised. Because the storm, you need to start using is exercise. Exercising your faith. Because what he's done in the past, what? He can do in the end. If he's done it before, he can do it again. See, sometime in the storm is the only time you really know who God is. That's when you know who Jesus is. Because you look at the disciples, they, they realize. In last verse, in, in verse 41, it says, they were filled with great awe and feared exceedingly and said one to another, who then is this? Who then is this? Said, let me know. They was with him and didn't know him. So they still got questions. How many of us are like that? We with him, but we really don't know him. They like, who, who, who is this? Even the wind and the sea, they, they like bow down to him. Cause, Cause, he said hush. He told the sea. He told the sea hush. How you gonna tell the sea is gonna hush? <laughs> See, I, I gotta believe Jesus was like that. He was cool like that. He didn't do all that hollering. He probably was like hush, chill out, Be, stop all that. <laughs> but see, we gotta oh, hush, Lord have mercy. It don't take all that. <laughs> that don't make the spirit show up no more than just. just you know what? Or sometimes you got to be just like your mom used to do. Just look at her. <laughs> Jesus probably looked at the way like. And then he just said hush for the disciples because they wouldn't even understood the look. He had to say that for them because the seed knew when he got up what was finna happen. See, that's the whole thing. Your circumstances know what's finna happen when, when God get up in your life. He, they already know what's fixing to happen. He said hush. See, you got to tell them circumstances, them the issues in your life. Hush. Mute yourself. Be quiet. That's a bunch of noise. How can you hear the word of God when you listening to the storms? How can you hear what God promised when you taking in what the storms say? Which one are you going to believe? What God said or what those issues are saying? Your issues are not your destiny. Your circum That's the worst thing that you can do in your life is think that your present circumstances is your eternal destiny. Because then that makes you make decisions. You making you making all sometimes permanent decisions based off of temporary circumstances. People have messed their life up on situations just like that. But see, in that storm, you know who God really is. You can get to understand who God really is. Because they was calling him teacher at the beginning. Teacher, are you gonna let us die? Are you gonna let us? So that's, so that's all he was to them, a source of information. A source of wisdom and knowledge. But see, if that's all God is to you, then you'll never get the full revelation. Because see, the word of God is not there for information. The word of God is there for revelation. Information gives you knowledge. Revelation gives you transformation. It changes who you are. The message ain't meant to be changed by you. The message is meant to change you. And so they say, teacher, teacher, teacher. But then at the end of verse 41, they finally like, 
I don't, I can't call him teacher. I don't, I don't know who he is. I, I, but, but one thing they did know is that they were in awe of him. They was, in, in some translations, it say that they were in great fear. But it was fear, it was fear meaning awe. They, the, the awesomeness of God. But how many know that was an awesome thing to see? That you sitting in the boat with a, with a, with a being, with a man, with a, with an authority, with a figure that can stop the wind that can stop the waves and he just do it out of his sleep. He just come up out of his sleep. He don't even have to wake up that long. He just like, just hush. And they just, but see, that's what God wants you to realize, the awesomeness of who he is. Because he is in your boat with you. He is floating along in life with you. And he just wants you to recognize the awesomeness of who he is. Because see, once you recognize the awesomeness of who he is, then just like the disciples, your fear of the storm goes away. How can you fear the storm when you got the awe of God? How can you fear these little temporary things when you connected to an eternal being? How can you fear what's going on around you? When you connected to the one that's above you, how can you fear those little things when you are connected with the one who made all those things? It's a transfer that happens, and that's what you got to ask God for yourself today. And I'm closing right here. I want you to turn right here to Philippians chapter two, because see, in the context of a crisis, that's when you really find out who Jesus really is. Sometimes you're not going to know Jesus is a healer. Yeah, you can learn about it. You can read all the little scripture about it. But you won't know Jesus is a healer until he done healed your body. Then can't nobody tell you nothing else. See, he healed me of cancer, so can't nobody tell me that God is not a healer. You can say whatever you want to about some of the other stuff. We, you know, we might can have a little debate. But when you come talking about he's not a healer, then I know you just don't know what you're really talking about. And you just haven't accepted the full revelation for him to heal your body because that's what he is. Some people they've had they've been homeless and now they they living a good life. That's now they know God is a provider. So you can't tell them that God ain't a provider. Ain't nothing you can come to them and say. They you can take all the money out the bank that they got and they gonna still say God is still a provider because he done did it last time. He'll do it again. How will you know God? Let your crisis that you may have in your life determine how God is going to be pictured or viewed in your life. And once you get that revelation, guess what? Things will begin to change. You will be prepared for the storm. What did I say? Philippians? Philippians chapter 2. And I think I want verse... Philippians chapter 2 verse... Uh, let me see here. Verse 9, Philippians chapter 2, verse 9. Yeah. It says, For this reason also, God exalted. And the reason they're talking about it is because he died on the cross and, and he, 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 he accepted that with humility. And it says in verse 9, For this reason also, God exalted him, meaning Christ, and bestowed on him the name which is above every name. I want somebody to catch that right now. Bestowed on him the name which is above some names. The name that is above the names you only hear on Saturday. The name that is above most of the names. No, it says in the, what I'm reading the name which is above every name. Why? So that at the name of Jesus, see that some of y'all saying the name of Jesus didn't even know why you saying in the name of Jesus. This is why. Because at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow. Of those who are in heaven and on earth and under the earth. So that means everywhere. He said in heaven they going to bow, on earth they going to bow, and under the earth they going to bow to the name of Jesus. That's why we say in the name of Jesus. See, you, you're saying it, but if you don't know why, there's no power to it. But you know in the name of Jesus, everything got to bow. Everything in heaven, 
on earth and under the earth. Everything got to bow to the name of Jesus because of what he did on the cross and because God exalted him to that point. And it says that God bestowed. That means granted. That means that it can't be taken back. That's like them Pell Grants in college. You ain't got to pay this back. I'm going to give you all of this. And it says a name which is above every name. Why am I closing right there? Why? Because what you're going through got a name. Think about it. Whatever issue you're dealing with got a name. I don't care if that name is your mama's name. I don't care if that's your job name. I don't care if it's some ailment in your body. I don't care if it's your finances. This name Will Fargo. Every issue you got has a name. Y'all don't like y'all catching this. I'm trying to bring this thing home, but y'all looking at me like y'all ain't getting it. Y'all should be getting excited because if everything you going through has a name, but we connected with something that is above what? Every name. Every name. He said this above every name so that in the name of Jesus, Every knee shall bow. So that means whatever you're going through, it's got to bow down to Jesus. It's got to bow down. So whatever you're going through, if you're going through your finances, well, far no checking account, bow down to the name of Jesus. The ailment in my body, they call it diabetes. Bow down to the name of Jesus. The, the, your, your, your family acting funny. You know, June bug. Bow down to the name of Jesus. Yes, God. Every name. It don't say some. It says every name. Whatever issue. You can't name an issue right now. You can't name not one issue that does not have a name and then put it right here. Put it right here. Whatever you're going through when you go home tonight, put it right there in verse 9. For this reason also God exalted him and bestowed on him the name which is above every name, which is above every diabetes, which is above every financial depression, which is above every depression, discouragement, the, 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 uh, the, the discontent. It's above every name. Whatever you want to call it, Jesus is above it. And guess what? You in the boat with him. He says all you got to do is recognize who you with. Who you with? And know that the storm will come. Know that the storm will come, but I command the storm. That I look at the storm, and you just got to know that your help is on the way. It might not come when you want it to, because God don't operate on your time. See, we, we microwave. We want, we want God right now. We want God to do everything right now. But God is a crock pot. God say, no, I'm going to let this thing stew a little while, because in, in the stewing, you're going to recognize who you are. You went in, you went in a little soft cream puff, but you're going to come out hard as nails. You're going to come out better than you went in. That's why he said that you are more than a conqueror, because that means that when you are more than a conqueror, that means that you come out better than you went in. You might have went in one way, but you coming out stronger. God said you go through the fire, but you won't even look like you've been touched. 